So if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And so today I'm going to just do a simple standalone message, and I've entitled this message, The God of All Comfort. And so the question I, I would ask you this morning is, do you know the God of all comfort? Do you know the God of all comfort, regardless of the situations, the circumstances, whatever you walk through in life, do, do you know do you know the God of all comfort? Whether you go through celebrations of life, whether you go through stress of life, whether you go through difficulties of life, because I, I, I want to teach you a, a biblical principle, or maybe not teach you, but maybe remind you of a biblical principle this morning that sometimes, because of life, that it gets, it, it gets so easy for us to forget. And so here's the principle. A faithful life does not guarantee you an easy life. A faithful life does not... In, guarantee you a life without any difficulty. A faithful life does not guarantee you a life without pain. A faithful life does not guarantee you a life without struggle or stress or any of those other things. And a lot of times in the culture in which we live, we, we can forget those things. We can forget that, that a faithful life does not guarantee me a perfect life. Fact is, have you ever been in a situation, have you ever been in a situation where it's a relationship, whether it's in your business, in the community, parenting, or whatever, and you're doing all you can do to apply Scripture, apply Scripture to your life, and the situation doesn't seem to get any better? And Paul found himself in this situation a lot of times in Scripture, and Paul wrote more of, this, uh, of the New Testament, but he wrote more words in the New Testament than any other New Testament writer and so this morning, I just want to carry you through 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want to help you with just difficulty in life and, and how to look at difficulty in life and look at the meaning of difficulty of life because, listen, God is, God is Lord of all, and God is Lord over the small things of your life. And listen, if he is not Lord over the small things of your life, then he's not Lord of all. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about just difficulties in life. There's, there's three common, I'm going to give you three common stresses of life, and then, then three common reactions to it, and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The three common stresses in life, the first one is this, is just interruptions. And so that deals with, with people, right? I mean, uh, people can cause interruptions in your life, like, like when you have a million things to do or like when you're really busy and, and, and someone wants to talk or someone wants to interrupt that, whether it's a meal, whether it's a task. Uh, I, think, I think life can be divided up into two types of people, to-do list people and no to-do list people, right? And so if you're wondering where you fit, then you're in the no to-do list, people. If you, if you do not know where you, because if you're a to-do list person, just me saying that, you're like, oh, there's something else i got to put on my to-do list. And so my wife is like an obsessive to-do list person. I don't, I don't know if you're like that, but, but my wife has, she lives by a to-do list. And so uh, she, she can do something during the day that is not on her to-do list. If my wife does something that is not on her to-do list, she will get her to-do list out, write out the task just so she can, some of you nodding your heads, just so she can cross it off. What is wrong with you people? And so, and so there, there's one stress of, of, of interruptions that can deal with people. There, there's another stress that can cause stress in life, and that's inconveniences. And so that's, that's not dealing with people at all. That's dealing with things. The car goes out. You get a flat. You run out of gas. The refrigerator breaks. Electricity goes out. And so you're, you're dealing with inconveniences of, of life, and so that, that can cause stress in your life. A third thing that can cause stress in your life is just irritations. And irritations can be with things or it, 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 can, it, can, be with, it can be with people. So it can be frustrations with, with systems or a company or a person or, or an illness. Paul, 
Paul had an illness. Part of Paul's difficulty was like this thorn in the flesh. And Paul prayed over and over and over for God to remove that, uh, that, that thorn. And for whatever reason, God, God didn't. So there's three common stresses of life. And then there's three common reactions to the, the, the stresses of life. The first one is this, is, is that you can, just, you can just resist it. In other words, you can get angry, you can, you can like lose your temper, you can like lose your cool, uh, you, can get, you, can get really, you can get really, really angry, angry. so you can, just, you can just resist it. The second reaction to that to, that you can have is this, is that you can come to the place where you, you, you resent it. You just carry a lot of resentment for, for the irritations or for the stresses of, of, of life, and so that's where you, you begin to blame people. Uh, you can blame your spouse, you can blame your boss, you can blame the government, you can blame a company. Oh, and you, 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 can, like, you can like even blame God. And that's what, that's what Adam did in the garden, right? I mean, he, he, he blamed God for, for the situation. And the children of Israel, a lot of times that God led them into difficulty or led them into circumstances in their life, and, and, and they got to the place that they just they begin to resent God. And so what, what can happen when you begin to resent God is this, it, it, you will wander away from God, and you will, you will get discouraged, and you will no longer look to Him as an answer. And so you can either resist it, you can resent it, or you can kind of just give in to it. In other words, this, you, you don't like it, and you, you just kind of put up with it. Not going to tell anybody how you really feel. You're not really going to deal with the situation. And you know what? When, when you do that, when you, when you carry resentment, and when you just give in to it, and when you resist it, and it robs you of your joy in life. And it can cause you to become discouraged to where you, you can like lose your faith. And, and so here, here's, here's what I'm learning in, in this season of life because I, I will tell you, I know the God of all comfort. And I know that God desires to comfort you even in the midst of your difficulty, even in the midst of your pain. And so here, here, here's what I'm learning in this season of life. When, when I overreact, when I overreact to the stresses of life, then you know what? I'm, I'm not in tune. And somehow I'm not in tune with God. And I may be life journaling and I may be reading scripture, but I may be reading it from a point that it's just a checklist. It's just a checklist of some religious activity that I'm doing. And I'm not really allowing God to speak to me. I'm not really remembering that, guess what? God, God is like Lord of all. And God is in control of everything. And he who began a good work in me is going to carry it to like the completion. See, wisdom is coming to that place to where you're able to see see things and see life from God's perspective. And so Paul is writing to this church there in Corinth, and, and Paul is going through some difficulty, and he's trying to encourage them in difficulty. And Paul begins helping them understand how to deal with difficulty. And 29 times, Paul uses the word comfort. Uh, 18 times, he uses the word comfort as a verb, and 11 times, he uses the word comfort as, as a noun. So, God, so Paul wants them to understand something about this comfort, that God desires to comfort you, that God is the God of all comfort in your life through every situation, through every circumstance in life. So I want to give you three things about difficulty so that you can understand that, that God is the God of all comfort. God is the God of all comfort. And the first thing is this, difficulties are a part of every life. D listen, difficulties are a part of every one, every one of us in this room have difficulty. Now, we may have difficulty to varying degrees and, and severity and all of those other things. But, but, but listen, there, there's a lot of us that are better at hiding difficulty in our life than others, right? 
And so if you're not careful, you, you can come to church and you, you, can, see, you can see people and you can, you can have perceptions and you can feel like, you know what, I must be the only one. I must be the only one dealing with some difficulty or some hurt or some pain in my life. Listen, the, the two greatest needs that, that humans have, the need for forgiveness and the need for comfort. And God meets both of those needs. Every one of us needs forgiveness, and every one of us needs to know that, that we have been forgiven, and we have been totally and completely forgiven, and we are deeply loved by him. But we also need comfort. For, for thousands upon thousands of years, the local church is like gathered and, and worshipped, and they prayed for one another, they comforted one another, they, they prayed for healing, and they comforted the sick all at the same time. And, and we don't know why. God doesn't take us sometimes out of the situations that we're in or the circumstances that we're in, but, but we know this. We know that God is the God of all comfort. We know that he has purpose and, and, and meaning. Verse 5 in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the one that said, In this world you will have trouble that none of us are going to escape this world without some difficulty, without, without trouble. But we live, in a, we live in a world, we live in a, in a culture that is trying to tell us that it, it is possible to live a, a, like a pain-free life, that it's possible to live life. You can make enough money, you can have enough education, you can have enough savings or 401K or investments or whatever, and you, you can like live a pain-free life, and that's just absolutely not true. And the Bible teaches us from the very beginning that difficulty is, is a natural part of like, like a fallen world. And so Paul uses like two illustrations. Verse 5 again, he says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort. In other words, when you, when you just look at Jesus' life, you, you realize that, that Jesus was, was lonely, he was rejected, uh, he was despised, he was betrayed, and yet he... He lived a sinless life. He lived a perfect life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul goes on and says, For we do not want you to be unaware, so, so brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly, so important, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Sometimes there's some things in, in like the church or Christians say that we say these things to try to comfort one another, but a lot sometimes it's, it's, just, it's just not in Scripture. Sometimes it may read well on a Hallmark card or a refrigerator magnet, and, but, but it just doesn't, it doesn't flesh out with Scripture. And so sometimes people will tell you when you go through difficulty or when you go through pain or you get some bad report, bad news, whatever, someone will look at you and say, hey, do not worry. God will not give you more than you can bear. It's not in Scripture. It's not in Scripture. And Paul's going to answer the question as to why. But sometimes, right, sometimes we go through. We go through situations. We go through circumstances with, with, without an earthly answer. And we have those moments that we would say, just like Paul said, I mean, Paul was like a spiritual giant. And Paul says it, it was just beyond, man, it was beyond our strength. 
to bear. In fact, is we even despaired of life itself. That, that word despair in, in, in the Greek is, is a really emotional Greek word. It, it, means to, it means to literally lose control or lose one's emotional and mental composure. I mean, it is to where you just have a, you have a breakdown. Uh, Viktor Frankl uh, was a, uh, a Holocaust survivor. And, he, and he's written a lot about that experience. And, and, uh, and Viktor Frankl talks about this issue of despair. And I, I just never will forget this. And Viktor Frankl said that when, when he was in, in, in a camp, that there were, there were some that made it out and there, there were some that didn't. And he said he learned this about despair. And the fact is, he, he referenced this verse. And he referenced this group of scriptures. And Viktor Frankl said that, that really and truly this issue of despair is a mathematical equation. Despair equals suffering minus meaning. That despair equals suffering minus meaning. That he noticed in the encampment when, when people no longer knew their purpose or no longer knew their meaning in life, that all of a sudden they just came to this place and they just, they just gave up. You know, we may never know the pressure that like a, a Viktor Frankl faced. We may never know the pressure that an Apostle Paul faced. I mean, the Apostle Paul worked a, worked a part-time job making tents to fund his missionary uh, uh, travels. He, he, had, he had illnesses. He had health problems. He was lonely. He had this, this tension of, of constant travel and being betrayed and being beaten. He had the disappointment of people. He had, he had a group of enemies that were like pursuing him and trying to kill him. And yet, yet the Apostle Paul knew something. The Apostle Paul knew something about this issue of difficulty, this issue of meaning, and this issue of purpose of life. Simon Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, he said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. In other words, this issue happens to everybody. We all carry some difficulty. We all carry some pain. In other words, you're, you're, not, you're not alone. If you're here this morning and you're going through difficulty and you're going through some pain and you're going through a situation, I just want you to know you are not alone. Second thing is this, when you look at difficulties and the God of all comfort is this, is that difficulties provide an opportunity to receive God's comfort. Difficulties in life provide an opportunity to receive God's comfort See, a lot of times we think that if we, if we can just get to this level of success, if we can make enough money, if we can earn enough money, buy enough insurance, have a big enough 401k, retirement, whatever, that we can, we can get to this place to where we no longer have to depend on God. And the problem is that's just such a false belief. Verse 9, here's what the Scripture says. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In other words, difficulties in life and hurt and pain in life sometimes knock us to our knees just to remind us, just to remind us of Jesus' words where Jesus says, apart from me, apart from me, you, you, you can do nothing. 
And sometimes the problems that we face and the difficulties in our, that we face just remind us of our deep need of God. Just remind us that, that we need to depend on Him for everything in life. And difficulties can come from all different areas. Difficulties can be like a consequence of our actions, and, and we get that. We understand that, right? Uh, we understand if we make a bad choice, if, if we sin or whatever, then there, there's consequences to action. So it can be a consequence to action. Uh, it can be... Uh, it, it can be because we live in a contaminated world, we live in a fallen world, that we go through difficulties. It can be because of the sin of another that, that affects our life. But all of these things have the, have the same purpose or the same meaning. In other words, just because we go through difficulty or pain in life, we, we should not think that they're all consequences to our actions. It's all God is like disciplining us. fact is, here's what Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 12 verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have, an earthly, we have had earthly fathers who have disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much, much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields, yields the peaceful fruit and of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. In other words, what he said, it, it doesn't matter what difficulty comes from. It doesn't matter whether it's from your actions. It doesn't matter if it's somebody else's action. It doesn't matter. It's because we live in a contaminated, fallen world. Our reaction should be the same. And we should understand that we have to rely on God and that we have to turn to him. See, the, the danger in, in the Christian life is when we go through difficulty is that we don't turn to him. We turn away from him. See, in difficulty and hurt and pain, if we're not careful, we'll... We're not careful, we'll withdraw from God and we'll resent or we'll blame or we'll get angry. And you know what that does? It only intensifies the pain. It only intensifies the situation. That's why scripture says that we should, we should, we should draw closer to him. See, difficulties have meaning and purpose in our life. One, one of the things difficulties allow us to do, it allows us to, to comfort others. Verse 3, again, it says, the scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, who comforts us in all. He is the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, what he's saying is, is one of the results of difficulty is that when we have been comforted by God, we're to comfort others the same way that he has comforted us. Until you've experienced a hurt or a pain of difficulty in a similar way, it's kind of hard to truly comfort others. If you've ever gone through a painful, hurtful divorce in your past, you, you better understand, right? You better understand when you found healing how, how to comfort others when they've gone through a divorce. If, you, if you've ever lost a loved one, 
and you're on the other side of that, then you understand people that are dealing with like a loss of a loved one. I mean, you just, you just, you just understand that. And what, what Scripture says is that we're to comfort others the same way that God has comforted us if, if you're prone to, to depression. And you understand that and you've walked through that, then it is easier for you to comfort others who are walking or who are going through depression. If, if you struggle with an illness or if you struggle with a job loss, if you, if you struggle with any, and, and if you've struggled with it and you found healing in it, then it's easier for you to sympathize and comfort others that are going through that. In other words, when, when you and I go through difficulty, when you and I go through hurt, then we're to comfort others that have had a similar um, experience. That's the concept behind, uh, behind support groups. Nobody understands the struggles of an alcoholic other than an, another alcoholic who has walked through that and found, found freedom. In other words, the, the picture of the local church is, is getting people together where we worship together and we comfort one another the same way that we've found comfort in Christ. Verse 3, the Scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of, of all comfort. In other words, what he's telling us through these scriptures is God allows us sometimes to suffer so that we can, we can comfort others that are going through a similar experience. Listen, I want to tell you a story that, that happened to me yesterday, and, and not to make me look good because I very seldom tell these, these types of stories, and so that's, that's like the disclaimer. So Friday afternoon, Friday is my day off, Friday afternoon I, I started a project around the house uh, that in, involved power tools. It was awesome, and <laughs> so far, so far, no loss of, of fingers or anything like that. And so, I, I don't know if you've ever done this. You start a you start a project, and it's like you open up a can of worms, and oh no, what was going to be a two-hour project is now going to be like days. And so it was one of those projects. And so, uh, so I got up, I got up Saturday morning, and I started again, and I'm working outside. And about 11:30, I had a craving for like a quarter pounder. Now. Don't judge me. I understand they're using real meat now, and so, uh, so do not judge me. And so my, my grandkids actually, let me tell you a little bit of backstory. My grandkids, like, like four or five weeks ago, reintroduced me to McDonald's. I hadn't been to McDonald's in years, and so they, like, talked me into taking them to McDonald's in the Playland and, and says, okay, I'm going to take you guys there as long as we have the buddy system because they wanted to play in the Playland, but, but Micah has a fear of heights. Micah, is, he, he's afraid of heights, and so he'll go up, and he doesn't realize he's going up the stairs, and then he gets up to, the, like, the top of the Playland, and he can see down, and he totally freaks. And so I'm like, you know what? Buddy system, Gavin, you're going to commit to stay with Micah. Micah, you're staying with Gavin, and it was good. So we get to McDonald's. The only problem is Gavin met a girl. <laughs> she chased him. He chased her, and he, like, dumps Micah. And so now Micah, Micah made it all the way up, and now Micah is, like, at the top of the playland, and he won't come down. 30 minutes, I'm at the tunnel, and I'm like, I'm a grown man. I can't fit up there. I can't. And then like, like Gavin's like gone. So I had to go over. I broke up the relationship that Micah or that Gavin was having. I said, go get your brother. And so we had, we had McDonald's and it was a wonderful thing. And so I, I had a craving for a, a McDonald's. So I took a break. And so I go to McDonald's, and so the to-go line was way too long, so I, I go inside. And so I go inside, and as I'm going inside, there's an elderly man with, with, with a cane. 
and he he's he's leaned up against he's leaned up against the 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 island the, the desk where the the ketchup and the napkins and the straws salt and pepper and that kind of stuff are and he's leaned up against there and so i said are you in line and he was really frail and it was really hard to hear him and understand him with his voice and so i got closer i said hey are you in line and he goes i'm in line but I'm having trouble standing up on my own, and people keep cutting in front of me. So I says, okay. So I stopped the traffic. And so I waited, and so I, I said, you go. And so he made his way up and got up to the desk and supported himself with Cain, and he makes his order, and then he shuffles down to, you know, to where they, to the deliver your food. And so now, now he's over here. And so I ordered and I'm still, I'm still kind of watching this. And it's McDonald's. It's, it's lunchtime. It's busy. And so, so all of a sudden, they hand him his tray of food. And I, could, I, I watched him. And he's like struggling with a cane and, and a tray. And, and he couldn't support himself. And I'm like, you know, where, where's customer service? Isn't anybody going to help him? Can't they see what he's struggling with? And then all of a sudden, I, I says, I'll go help him. So I, I go over to him. And I said, uh, can I help you? And he goes, please, please. And so I, I grab his tray. He said kind of the funniest thing when we're, he, he pointed where he wanted to sit. He, and so we're going over to his, his table, and he goes, sucks to get old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> so, okay, you got a sense of humor. And so, and so I get him, and, and he sits down, and, and I put his tray there. And at this point, like, People are watching. And I, I, see out, I see out of the corner of my eye, there's one lady sitting there, and she's starting to cry. And, and so I, 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 I didn't even look up. And so I, I, I got his tray, and I got him situated, and then I just went and grabbed my food and, and left. And I started pulling away, and I'm thinking, five years ago, I would have blown right past that man. Five years ago, I wouldn't have been aware that this man was there and he was having trouble ordering and he couldn't support himself and he needed... I, I, I'm telling you, five years ago, I would have had my agenda, my task. I wouldn't even known he was there. But see, a few years back, something happened in my life. My dad was struggling with cancer. And there are times that I took my dad out to eat. And my dad needed help with a tray and, and with his food. And I remember some of the stories that when I wasn't there that mom and dad would talk about people who were kind enough to notice and to help them. But because I went through that experience with my dad, it's made me really sensitive to elderly people that are struggling because I've gone through it with my dad. This is what this scripture is talking about. With the same comfort, the same comfort that we have received from God, we're to comfort others. There's a difference between compassion and comfort. 
Compassion is just the ability to sympathize with someone else. Compassion is just the ability to like see the need and to sympathize with someone else. But comfort is totally different. Comfort comes from a, a Greek word, paraclete, where we get the word Holy Spirit that means this. Comfort means to come alongside of. A lot of people in your situation can have compassion and say, I, I, I can sympathize with your situation. I, I can pray for you in your situation. I can, I can be all of those things. I, I can see what you're going through. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But many times, only the people that have gone through a similar experience as you can truly comfort and come alongside of you. That's why James 2.15 says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving the them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is, is dead. In other words, this comfort has to accompany compassion right? to where we learn to be able to just come alongside of one another in a struggle. Second, uh, Second Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.6 says, if we are affli afflicted, it is for your comfort. In other words, Paul saw the meaning in struggles and suffering and salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Listen, every one of us needs people around us that can come alongside of us and say, my hope for you is unshaken. Through this struggle, through this difficulty, and I'm going to believe the best in you and my hope for you that you'll understand the meaning and the purpose. My hope for you cannot be shaken the third and the last thing about difficulties, if you're going to know the God of all comfort is this, is that difficulties enable us to testify of our faith. Difficulties enable us to testify of our faith. But I, I watched that happen in just a, a minor role there at, at McDonald's. I don't know if anyone knew who I was. I don't know if anyone in the restaurant knew that I was a preacher, but I do know this. There were a lot of people watching. There are a lot of people watching what took place and what happened. And in difficulties in your life, and difficulties in my life, kind of put a spotlight on our faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11 says, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. In other words, this issue of prayer. In other words, for thousands upon thousands of years, the local church has prayed for one another, comforted one another, encouraged one another, supported one another, ministered to one another. That's the power. That's the power of life groups. That's the power of the, lo of the local church. Simon Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good works and glorify God on the day of visitation. In other words, as believers, as Christians, 
with the same comfort that we have received from God, we're to comfort others. Our compassion is to be with comfort. We learn what it means just to come alongside of one another. And so maybe this morning, maybe you're going through a season and maybe... Maybe you're going through a season of hurt. Maybe you're going through a season of, of difficulty. Maybe you're going through a season of, of suffering. And you've been trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, as we would say in Texas. Or you're trying to resolve the situation on your own. Maybe you realize that God desires to comfort you. He is the God of all comfort. And many of the ways that He wants to comfort you is through the life of other believers. And maybe... Maybe it's time for you to release it to the Lord and allow Him and others to comfort you because it's, it's available to you. To comfort means to come alongside of you. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, that's why Scripture says that I will never forsake you and I will never leave you. But it's also through people that He desires to comfort us. Faithful life doesn't always guarantee us an easy life, a life without any difficulty and pain, but God has promised us that He is the God of all comfort. With the same comfort that we receive from Him, we're to comfort others.